0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. I think if there's anything that is
1: common from what I have seen in these different countries, it's how do you reimagine the new workplace, whether with COVID or without COVID. So a lot of people now are putting together their roadmap when it comes to um, looking at what does the future workplace look like, the physical work environment. What does the future policy when it comes to flexible flexible working environment? What about the the leave? the um, Do we outsource? Do you know? Do we keep um, the different business units in the same country and all these different things? So I think a lot of people. Um, it's just it's it's just a matter of some companies in some countries are faster than the others or slower than the others. So it, they're all in different uh, part of the journey when it comes to reimagining what the future work and workplace looks like after this pandemic.
0: Renzi has been working as an HR professional in Asia and the Middle East since 2007. He specializes in talent development, employee engagement and organizational effectiveness. Renzi helps leaders and organizations develop people capability and enhances engagement at work using a wide range of practical interventions. He enables managers and organizations by using data to understand the challenges of the people and redesign experiences. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Really happy to have a conversation today about employee experience, well-being, wellness, how to design flexible work arrangements, especially because of what's going on in the world these days. So very happy to be with you today, Renzi. How are you doing? Thank
1: you, Enrique, for having me. I'm feeling good actually working from home today. So thank
0: you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And um, I know you have an incredible global experience. You are from the Philippines. You've been working in New Zealand. Now you're in Dubai. So what have you seen? You know, you, you've been recently in three different places that have different approaches to work and, you know, to to, to addressing all the things that are happening with the pandemic and looking forward, perhaps differently from from each other. So what have you seen out there in the world uh, these days that you have been, you know, going around? I think if there's
1: anything that is common from what I have seen in these different countries, it's how do you reimagine the new workplace, whether with COVID or without COVID. So a lot of people now are putting together their roadmap when it comes to, um, Looking at what does the future workplace look like, the physical work environment. What does the future policy when it comes to flexible flexible working environment? What about the the, the leave? The um, do we outsource? Do you know? Do we keep um, the different business units in the same country and all these different things? So I think a lot of people. Um, it's just it's it's just a matter of some. Companies in some countries are faster than the others or slower than the others. So it, they're all in different uh, part of the journey when it comes to reimagining what the future work and workplace looks like after this pandemic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad they're asking that question, though. And and the question is not, you know, one thing that I've, that I've seen out there that concerns me is people saying, uh, you know how do we go back to normal? And I'm like, no, 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 I mean we can't go back to normal because that uh, that normal yeah. was really abnormal. It wasn't working yeah. for everybody. We know that work was broken in, in many in many ways and yeah. this pandemic is allowing us not to go back to normal but to reset and rethink and like you're saying reimagine the way mm-hmm. we want to work going forward. So let me ask you this Renzi you are, passionate and your area of expertise is employee experience. When, when you compare the possibilities going forward versus what we left behind, you know, during this pandemic, mm-hmm. how do you reimagine employee experience? What do you think are the opportunities, the challenges, the things we can do better? What, what, what's in your mind when it comes to the future of employee experience?
1: Um, that's a really good question. I like that. Um, when it comes to the future of employee experience, I think if we were just to first like step back a little bit and think about people experience or employee experience in general, employee experience in general within the HR world is quite new. It's relatively new. So like it's um, at the group, like we only started this like about three years ago. I remember at that time, like people didn't know what is this? What is people experience? What's employee experience? And now three years later, everyone wants to talk about employee experience. So what I'm seeing now when it comes to the evolution of employee experience is people are not seeing this anymore as a fad when it comes to, because I've seen some companies as well, like just changing HR to employee experience, or maybe just adding employee experience for the purpose of marketing like things better. But now people genuinely see what employee experience li- really mean. So it's really all about understanding what will create the most impact in the lives of employees. So if organizations are not listening now to their employees and what's most important to them in the future, I think they're still not getting what employee experience really means. So when it comes to the evolution of employee experience, it's really like stronger partnership now between the employee, HR, and also the organization. And then finding that cohesion or synergy, if you like, on what do employees want and what are the priorities of the business. And then this is where HR is in a... um, I don't know if it's Bersin who said something like this where HR is in the golden ages at the moment where we have we are in a good position in terms of driving things forward and then being seen now in the board where we're no longer just you know like creating these like projects and administrative tasks but actually helping organization create meaningful and impactful change during and after COVID So for me, employee experience is really that, that finding that synergy on how do you uh, create that impactful experience for the employees, build the bridge so that you can synergize with what the, the organizations would like to see post COVID.
0: Absolutely. And and I agree with you. And I love this idea of of a partnership between the employee HR and the organization, because, you know, we I think we have a great opportunity now. And we had it before only that we didn't really thought about. uh, 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 We didn't really think about it before, but now we do, which is how can we achieve the goals of an organization while also providing individual people an opportunity to thrive, to grow, to flourish mm. at work. And it is possible, right? I mean, it is not yeah. 100% possible because not, not all that you do at work will be something that you necessarily love, but mm. you can, we can design work in a way that helps people grow and that becomes a fantastic opportunity for the organization to do better, but for people to continually improve and, well, you know, become better professionals, better leaders and whatnot. So I love that idea of the mm. partnership. Let me ask you this. Uh, you've been in your organization building the employee experience function. So yeah. it's a new function three years around. What, what did you see as the main challenges to put it together? What, what were the roadblocks in your journey mm-hmm. to, to build this strong employee experience uh, function in, in your in your company? Personally,
1: I think it's shifting the mindset of people that enhancing or elevating the experience of people within the organization is not the responsibility of one function only or HR in general, that it is a collective effort within the organization. So if an employee cares about his or her experience in the workplace, but the person does not care about maybe making some fundamental changes on how he or she operates that will contribute to the experience of other people within the organization, organization, then it's not going to work. So for me, what I have seen in the last three years um, within the organization in in the beginning, um, it's basically shifting that mindset of employees. So there's a lot of roadshows around um, educating leaders, uh, managers, and employees about what does it really mean to enhance the experience? And um, practically speaking, as an employee, what can I do Um, Because I'm not an expert in employee experience, and you're telling me now that I should be owning my experience. So you can imagine the shift in the mindset there. So a lot of what my team have been doing are basically creating these tools, resources, framework, and making it simpler for uh, the managers and the leaders so that they can also help in uh, creating this movement of ongoing enhancements across the group because no one person can do this job alone for sure
0: that is that is so powerful and you know you touch a fiber in me which is you know when when the organization sees the role of people as an hr only function they are making such a gigantic mistake because developing people, providing employee experience, feedback, coaching, mentoring, growth opportunities, Mm -hmm. and whatnot, that's not just something that HR does. I mean, HR architects, you know, all the pieces and put them together, but the leaders that are not in HR, they also have a gigantic responsibility in this, in this regard. So I I love that you're saying that. Now, let me ask you also, in addition to, to this to this question about the challenges that you found along the way, what what skills, what capabilities did you need to build in yourself, in your fellow leaders in the organization and in the organization itself to be able to to put together this this effective employee experience uh, function?
1: Um, I took inspiration from design thinking because Mm -hmm. I think the heart of Um, what I do and what my team does within people experience and also the larger group HR is um, the mindset of innovation creativity which is at the heart of design thinking. It's this designing human-centered experiences. So for me, this was very, very critical. So mm, designing something and co-creating experiences with people, with managers and leaders is super important in making sure that you create those impactful changes. So that's one. The second one is communication. Uh, I have been stressing this a lot um, um, many, many times. People underestimate the value of communication. Not only in people' experience, but I think as HR professionals in general, we think sometimes, like we send an email, we put together this beautiful, fancy um, artwork that we have communicated. Communicated that's enough. But actually, communication is in the heart at the heart of how we change the organization, how we transform the organization. Hence. When it comes to employee experience or people experience as well, it's at the heart of everything that you do because you have to constantly communicate, communicate, communicate because this is when people will remember and think about what you have been telling them. And this is where you start seeing the shift in the mindset and people start talking about this more often.
0: I, I, I love that. And, and definitely what, one of those powerful skills that HR has been doing you know, a little, you know, timidly, if you will, you know, some, mm. somewhat, uh, just because we have to do it, and not because we have built necessarily the capabilities to do it effectively. And I think this is this is powerful. Renzi, one thing that I that I love doing always is imagining things, right? And I want to ask you if okay. if you if you imagine and can let us know how it looks like. Okay. If you can imagine an organization that is great at employee experience. What does it feel like? And the reason why I ask you this question is because some of these concepts, of course, for people like us that are in this world all the time, they we, you know they resonate pretty quickly, right? They click pretty quickly. But for somebody just an, a regular employee who may not work in HR, they seem a little fluffy, like oh, employee experience, yeah, like what what does that look like? You know what does it mean? So for for anybody in an organization. How, how does it feel to have a great employee experience at work? What, what does it mean for them?
1: I like this question, um, Enrique. Um, if I can maybe just start before I answer that question. I remember in the beginning of my, my journey in this role, uh, some of the managers used to call me like the chief happiness officer. <laughs> and then they would sometimes ask me like, well, okay, chief happiness officer, when are you going to make me happy? Um, I mean, I wasn't taking offense about it, but then I realized that uh, actually... There's a lot to do around emotion when it comes to employee experience. So that's why I took inspiration from all these things that they were talking about. So that's why I put together um, uh, the purpose of the department, which is to inspire people to bring their best to work every day. So when you're asking me about what does employee experience feel like, employee experience feels like you feel inspired to come to work every day because everything you see they may not be the most sophisticated solution but you just know like wow someone is caring for me oh wow they have made a little effort in doing these little things just to make me happy oh like they simplified the process to make me to make my experience a lot simpler and more manageable so that i can focus on bigger things so that is inspirational for me so it really feels like you're inspired every day
0: And and it it feels great, to be honest. Uh, And sometimes, you know, you think about work and you think about all the roadblocks that work has created for us to do our work. And you think like, this is ridiculous, right? I mean, I am supposed to be at my best, performing, performing at my best, giving my best in this organization and the organization, instead of providing avenues for me to be able to do that, they are putting rocks on the way. And those rocks are the policies that are obsolete or the structures that don't work or the work schedules that, you know, are asking me to work in a time that doesn't, you know, help me be my best. So it's it's just incredible how, how many roadblocks we've put on people's path to, to, to be their best at work, to love what they do instead of making it easy, right?
1: Yes. And I think, um, going back to what you're saying there, I think uh, when it comes to roadblock in the organization, I think because of we're living in this really fast pace and um, work environment, people don't really have the time to like think about the details of their experiences in the workplace, that they are prepared, not prepared, they are actually okay to let go of these little things until over time it builds up and becomes like a big problem. So um, that's why, employee experience is like really making those even like small, um, magical moments to inspire other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, and you're saying that. And one thing that I'm thinking is that we, we want to go from point A to point B at work and that's what we got to do. And the best way to do it is for every organization to simplify the way to get from point A to point B so that you focus on, on, on what really matters. But then we start adding bureaucracy, you know, between point A and point B, more bureaucracy, more paperwork, more policy, more administration. And when it becomes inefficient, one thing that I have observed in the world of HR is that when that bureaucracy becomes inefficient, instead of removing it so that we can go back to a seamless path, we add more bureaucracy on it to resolve the previous bureaucracy. And then it becomes all this gigantic mess where you have will you have a pile of paperwork that you have to fill out for something that should take one minute? Right. And, yes. and that's, that's, that's distracting people from truly being their best at work and being inspired. Like you're saying.
1: Yeah. and I like what you said there, um, in, in the past, like HR in general, globally, um, the quick fix is always like, okay, like, uh, think of another process, yeah. a more improved process, but, uh, and, as HR professionals, we burden ourselves for mm. such a long time to come up with ideas on how can we improve the process. And then knowing that like after we have implemented the process, people still didn't like the revised process or the enhanced process because we never involved the end user. The same way that when we care about customer experience and we, we're, we're all, all telling our, people, our employees to always think about and put yourself in the shoes of the customer. The same way as HR and managers and leaders in the organization, put yourself Mm. in the shoes of an employee and what that experience might look like, because if it's not making you happy, most likely the employees will not be happy, like going through that process as well. So co-design the experience with them. And maybe you don't need the process at all. Maybe you don't need the policy at all. Maybe what they really need is just to sit down with you and have that conversation without going through this um, tick box exercise.
0: Uh, absolutely, and one thing, and I'm switching gears a little bit here to talk about something very specific, like uh, work work um, arrangements, flexible work arrangements, yeah. and this is one of those things where yeah. we force people into oh, a box that we know does not work for everybody. And of course, you know, we, we created all this work schedule, you know, going to the office, working from nine to five, which is mostly the the, the most general schedule for everybody. When we know that there are people who enjoy working in the morning there are people who enjoy working in the in the at night or in the evening they are extremely productive and they can do the work in those time windows in addition to that you got people that you're forcing to come to work and they have to take a 3 4 hour commute every day how can anybody be productive coming to work after you know 2 hour commute at 6am or you know at 8pm at night whatever it is so so let me ask you what what do you envision or imagine in terms of the, the new work uh, um, uh, flexible arrangements, if you will. What, what do you think will be happening going forward? I think when it comes to
1: the war for talents, it's even going to be more fierce this time because now people, employees, know that it's possible that I can be as equally productive, if not more productive, uh, getting my work done regardless of the location. So, I think in this space of flexible workplace, because people now know what they're capable of in this virtual environment, it would be wise for organizations to make sure that if they want to win this war for talent, they need to start looking at how can they offer flexible working arrangement for the workforce of the future? Now, this doesn't have to be 100% completely working remotely. Like it's at least knowing that the um, uh, the option is there. It's already reassuring for a lot of people. I can give you an example. When we launched our when when because I took the the lead in putting together our P, uh, flexible workplace policy at the group. So. I created a task force and we work with the leaders, the managers and different employees in different regions. Um, And we made it very open there were no restrictions on how many days, when, what time, et cetera, et cetera. And then we also surveyed our employees and asked them on, okay, how much work can you perform remotely and what your preferred number of days of working remotely before we even launched the flexible workplace policy, people were afraid that no one will come to the office. Mm -hmm. People were so afraid that like, oh, you know, like this is not good. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And then when we launched it, we realize in like this is now we're now in October so that's like maybe four months um four months ago we've realized that actually employees only want those two to three days flexibility because they still want especially at least in this part of the region I cannot speak for the other parts of the region of the world but at least here in the Middle East where people because we're all expats, we heavily rely on relationships and being together. And the experience virtually is not the same as when you collaborate with someone in a physical work environment. So now what we're seeing is more of a hybrid, flexible yeah. workplace where we empower people to work remotely or work anywhere they want, where they feel most productive, whenever they want in, 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 in agreement with their manager. So we let them decide on how to manage their life.
0: This is uh you, you. I think you're making a, a a very powerful point, which is flexibility, right? Uh, flexibility not only in the work schedules, but flexibility in the options that people have available to decide. And I have come across. I love working from from home, right? Uh, I do love to come to the office. I don't have an office. I, I this is my home office. But uh, when I used to work in the corporate world, coming to an office, you know, once two times a week was for me good, and then the rest working from home would have been great too. But there are people who love working from the office. They don't want to work from home, and there are people who don't want to be in the office. They want to work from home all the time. And I think yes. that providing that flexibility is great because once again, d- designing for for designing a box and putting everybody in a box, we know that, that doesn't work. Yes. If you give people options, which is you know how many days you want to work remotely, maybe you don't you don't even have days. You come, you know. Um, yeah. You come to the office whenever you need to come to the office. Maybe there's a project that you're working on and and whatnot. So I I really like um, really like that approach. What do you think are the going forward? What do you think are the most interesting opportunities that we have now to reimagine the work the workplace to reimagine work? What do you think we can out of this pandemic? Uh, what do you think we can be doing better uh, as we hopefully? In the, next, uh, in the next few months we transition out of this pandemic?
1: I think, um, again, going back to our experience during the lockdown here in Dubai and moving forward, what we have seen as well is there's more people are hungry for more collaboration, mm. which means sharing expertise So I think uh, moving forward, organizations should start looking into, instead of always looking for like specialist roles, like think about how do we then upskill our employees in a wide range of Mm -hmm. skill sets? so that they, we can promote better collaboration. So if another pandemic hits, they don't have to worry about, oh do we have the right skill set, but we only have one person, we can do this. Now you have like, you have built an army who can actually do so much more. Maybe they're not all experts in everything. But at least when it comes to um, continuity and making sure that uh, you think about how do the organizations tackle future crisis, I think you are in a much better position. And this is the reason also why on a group level at Shellhook Group, uh, we have put together um, 10 commandos and one of the commandos is actually around people and within people we promoted, uh, we created a task force around collaboration where we identified what are the different expertise of people within the group so that they can extend help to other business units who need that particular expertise without necessarily recruiting for people externally.
0: Yeah, that is, that is fantastic. And I think that's a, uh, that's, that's part of the um, of the opportunities for the future. I mean, we, we are, we're sitting in uh, basically every organization is sitting uh, on an unlimited pool of uh, great talent and, and expertise and very smart talent working for them. And very often they don't tap into that talent, right? So I'm hoping that going forward, that that becomes more, more frequent. So, so Renzi, just to wrap up our conversation, we have been talking about employee experience, flexible work arrangements. We have been talking about the opportunities for a better workplace going forward. All of, all of this start on a step number one, if you will, there's, you know, for, for, for an organization that is beginning this journey, there's got to be a step number one in this in this process. So if you were to tell people that are beginning this journey, start here, what would that point be? What would that place be? What would that first action be for them? Start listening with
1: your employees. Hmm. Um, whether you do your own survey, you do interviews, you do focus group, whatever, whatever it is, whatever tool you can use, listen to what your employees are saying and then co-design it with them because there's no better way to create an impact than having it designed
0: with people. Absolutely. That is, that is powerful. Renzi, thank you so much for in, uh, spending this time with me and sharing your insights, your ideas, and your experience with, with me and the audience. Thank you so much. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned yes. for the next Hacking HR Podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.